As we head to 100 episodes here on Breaking Into, we're talking therapy. Stay tuned. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live. Breaking Into. A little old school girl for you, but the meaning is still there. Yes. Yeah. Make it happen. That's right. You guys, it's Breaking Into. We're making it happen today. Episode 92. I mean, I'm moving right along here. I can't believe it. And I've been giving you some good guests, and today is no exception. This lady, I interviewed her on my podcast not too long ago, and she's just amazing. And see, I want to ask you guys out there, when you think about therapy, think about getting help, do you feel, what do you feel? Do you feel like a stigma there? You shouldn't get help? It means that you think you're feeling crazy? Here's the deal. We're going to talk about why therapy is good for you. And why therapy can help. Um, there's a quote I'm going to read from her first before I introduce her. I like I just like this quote I read to her before on my other, <laughs> other show. Seeking therapy does not mean you are crazy, weak, or that you do not have faith. It means you are smart enough to recognize when things are becoming too difficult slash overwhelming. Strong enough to acknowledge that learning new ways of coping will be helpful and brave enough to face your challenges head on. I love that quote. Yes. And it's so good. And I personally have used it, so I, for myself, I know. Um, she is a L.A.-based licensed psychotherapist. She also has her own radio show on accelerated radio called Epiphany, or Epiphany Talk. With Epiphany Talk Radio. Epiphany Talk, talk right. Radio Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, on Saturday mornings. I should come on your show one day. Yes. Uh, let's talk about it. I'd love to. <laughs> uh, and she, I mean, she's just an all-around great person who's trying to affect change in the world, which is something that I want on this show all the time, people who are affecting change in the world. Mayumi McKinley. Mayumi. Thank you for having you? me. I'm great. Yeah. Excited yeah. to be here. You can follow us on iTunes. You can follow us on SoundCloud. You can follow us on YouTube. We're all over the place. We have a Facebook page, Breaking Into. Go ahead and like there. I have more information on her and her talk show are on that page. Um, more stuff. But this episode will be on there. So you want to go to that page and follow us because um, we are having some fun. And like I said, I'm heading towards 100 episodes. I got a big thing planned for this episode. <laughs> we're going to talk. We're going to continue having conversations like we're the one we're going to have today. Uh, first of all, thanks for coming out in this hot weather. <laughs> no problem. I'm excited Jeez, to be I, I was wearing a sweater like maybe a week ago. I'm thinking, oh my God, it's like fall's coming. <laughs> yes, earlier this week was ridiculous. Yeah. It was, yeah. And then now it's like, it's now I'm like wearing, I'm wearing shorts, folks. You know what I do? Okay, so there's, there's, in my family, mm-hmm. um, there was a stigma growing up that therapy was for white folks. Yes, I've heard that. Therapy, before. black folks don't go to therapy, you go to church. Mm-hmm. Therapy, it was always a negative connotation. And we're on Black Hollywood Live, so we can talk about this. We can be black. We can be black. <laughs> be black for a second. But I mean, there are some cultures who believe that you don't you don't go to therapy for help. Mm-hmm. You do other things. That's why I liked your quote where you say, this means you don't have faith. Right. So talk about that, please. Well, a lot of the people, even people I end up working with in my office, when they come in, there's a lot of shame behind it because they feel like it means that they're not trusting God or they not they don't have faith. And especially if you grew up in a family where you go to church, you trust God, you pray, and it's to bring awareness to, I mean, think of other things. When you go, when you have asthma, do you not take your pump? Right. Do you just sit there and say, oh, God, oh, he'll, you right. know, so he provides us with different tools and different professions to help us on our quest of life. And so um, I love helping individuals change their perspective of that because it's not you not trusting God. It's not you turning your back on your religion or whatever spirituality. It's you recognizing that there are some additional tools out there you need to learn in order to live a quality, you know, a high life, a quality, a quality life. I know. I'm glad you said that because as we're saying, yes, you still go to your pastor. You still yes, go to absolutely. your deacons. You still have, you can still do that. 
But sometimes there are things where you need you need more help than just a different kind of help. I just want to say more, just a different, different kind of help. I like the way you framed that, a different, a different kind of help. But I think what happens is when it comes to our emotional health, because it's not something that you can see, it's like this, it's invisible. Your emotional health is invisible versus physical health, where if you have your um, leg in a cast or if you're having heart palpitations uh, or if you're physically showing some type of distress, people are more open to saying you need help. But when it comes to emotional health, because it's kind of an invisible illness, people People don't pay attention to it or they're ashamed and they don't recognize it. And I always say, you see little quotes and things. What if we treated our physical health like we treated emotional health? <laughs> and, we, and we need to stop the shame. Yes. Okay, every camera, stop the shame. Stop the shame. There's no shame. <laughs> I mean, this, we have, I mean, there's some things that are going, there, there's some, I used to be a nurse. So mm-hmm. there's some things that are chemical imbalances. There's some things Absolutely. that happen that are just, they're part of you and you have to work. And that's where therapy needs to come in handy. Right. Then there's some things that happen to you in life that bring you down. Absolutely. And then you, and sometimes you need more. I think, I think, I think more help the better, whether it's, whether it's going to your pastor twice a week mm-hmm. and going to therapy once a week and having nights out with your friend, like whatever it is that could help you get to manage your, your, your mental health. I think there's nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing. I mean, think in every other aspect of our lives. So if you're sick, you go to the doctor. In school, if you need help, you go to tutoring. Right. If you're trying to open a business, you may seek out a business coach or you may read a self-help book or how to open a business. So those things are okay. But when it comes to your emotional health, the most critical point in order for all these other things to get done, because if your emotional health is not intact, how can you be successful in your job? How can you successfully study or finish school? How can you be effective in your families Um, be present with your children and your loved ones? Mm -hmm. If your emotional health is not intact, if you're stressed out, feeling overwhelmed, anxious, or maybe like you said, if you've experienced some type of trauma or loss, how do you how can you be your best self if your emotional health is not if you're not paying attention to it i use the analogy because i'm also uh, a, a certified life coach mm-hmm. and a professional organizer as you know we talked about that on my other show mm-hmm. i um tell people the analogy like when you're on a plane they tell you if the oxygen max fall down mm-hmm. you go to you put on first mm-hmm. it sounds unnatural because you're thinking no my child i mean but that's the whole point if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't help anybody else. Exactly. Right. And a lot of people don't recognize when it's be- when the signs are there. Right. So we go through life and usually it takes something that totally knocks Either you get extremely, extremely ill or we have a nervous breakdown, as some people call it. And then it's like, OK, yeah, I need help versus paying attention to the signs along the way. Your emotional health impacts your physical health, I, migraines, yes. high blood pressure. You're more susceptible to get um, illness because your immune system is broken down. All of these things work hand in hand. And so I think if we make it more of a general understanding, help people understand how all of these things work together, we'll kind of break that mental stigma um, and in the taboo around, oh, my God, I, I need therapy. Is it, do you think it's, it should be more of a preventative thing? People should just, as, as things start to happen, oh, maybe I should go and talk to somebody. Yeah. And I like you said, go and talk to somebody. Let's say yeah. what therapy is not. Right. It's not coming for someone to tell you what to do. Right, right. <laughs> no one is coming to tell you what to do with your life. Right. Um, it's an opportunity for insight. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity for self-discovery. It's an opportunity to break unhealthy patterns or maybe heal from emotional wounds. So why not take advantage of it? Well, let's get real for a second. You brought, mm-hmm. you brought, you brought a point here. Mm-hmm. What if look, looking at yourself is hard? Mm-hmm. I've done it. I know you've done We've all done it. Everybody in the room probably has done it. It's not easy to look at yourself. Absolutely. It's easy to look at someone else and go, you're broken. You're this. You're that. You're that. You're absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. To point the mirror and face it back to you, it's really hard. So what are those people out there who say, well, I just want to go somewhere where someone tells me what to do. And when I, but 
doesn't want to do the work. You're like, you got to do the work, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you say to that? There is some work in therapy, and every therapist is different in their style. So sometimes you leave with homework or things that your therapist asks you to do, but I think the work is the process. So showing up, being willing to be open and discussing some of those things, being willing to answer questions, being a little bit open-minded and open to hearing maybe some different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, your therapist is objective. So it's very different from going to a family member or a friend who has your best interest in mind, who, you know, Mm -hmm. wants to protect you or maybe even envious when it comes to certain things. But a therapist is a neutral party for you to come and share things and they can give you honest um, information on how to deal with things in a more effective in a more effective way. But I agree with you. Looking at yourself is hard. That's why I put in that quote, it's brave to come to therapy, mm-hmm. to really take a seat and really have to look at yourself. That is a challenging thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted something the other day, one of the reasons um, you should consider therapy, and it was, well, one, you have to take yourself with you wherever you go. Right. So no matter how like far that. you run, I like that. you can go move to different states, yes. you can move to different relationships and all of this. But you have to take yourself with you wherever you go. And you, distractions only last so long. So you can only party so much. You can only go out yes. so much. You can only um, keep, you know, become overly occupied with your kids so much. Mm-hmm. Distractions only last so long. It's a temporary solution. Mm-hmm. And so eventually those feelings or those hurts or whatever, those old patterns will eventually come back up again. And so I remember all the time I said, you know, the other thing that comes up, and I'm sure everything I'm bringing up, I'm sure you've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to get this out because I know people out there looking when they watch this are thinking, well, what about this? Uh-huh. I want to answer all the questions for you. Yes, please. Look, <laughs> that's why Miami's here. She's going to answer all the questions. Well, <laughs> uh, here's the other part of that. Talk to somebody you don't know. Mm-hmm. For me, I thought that's great. That means, that's, that means somebody is not involved in the outcome of anything that goes on with me. Right. That's how I look at it. And, of course, I, I have some training as a life coach. You learn Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but when I went to therapy myself, I liked the fact that I can go to somebody once a week week who wasn't my father my mother my sister my cousin my auntie who i could just talk to you and i didn't feel the judgment yes so talk about, so talk about that a little bit that that, that that let's talk about that you go to somebody who doesn't know you but that's mm-hmm. a good thing it's right. a good thing. I mean, like you said, with, with family members, there are things. I don't know anyone who tells any member of their family everything. Right, yeah. Because you're worried about it coming back up later, mm-hmm. or you don't mm-hmm. want this person to change their view of them, and you have to see them at Thanksgiving. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Right? And so we don't bring it up. So I like what you said about it being a neutral place. A lot of people don't want to tell people their business because they're worried of judgment. Mm-hmm. They're worried mm-hmm. of feeling shamed. And in a therapeutic, this is, it is the most judgment-free zone. And the reason it is because I tell people you can never say what you're not going to do. Okay. I like that. I like that. And one thing yeah. I tell my clients is, um, and when I say I've heard it all, I don't mean it in a negative way. No, 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 I mean, yeah. There's nothing that you can say that I'm going to be, this is a safe place to come. And it sounds so cliche, safe yeah, place. Safe place. Right? right. But what the reality is. of it is, it's a place that you can come and be 100% yourself. Yeah. 100% authentic. You don't have to think of ahead of time. Oh, what if I say this? Mm. You know, you don't have to do all that. You can just come and whatever comes out your mouth comes out your mouth. And you actually can sit there and process that and go through mm. that. So I would say give it a try. But I will say that the therapeutic relationship is important. And I, I I don't want people to give up because finding someone that you connect with, finding someone that you feel that you have kind of a good vibe and that chemistry is going is really, really important. Give it a couple times, but ne- making sure that you find someone that you can connect with. Cool. So you're suggesting, because I, I, my first therapist I ever had, a shout out to Sherry Coddington, wherever you are, <laughs> in Sacramento. She helped me out. With, I went through some traumatic stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, which I've actually talked about on the show before. I had a violent crime against me, so I had to, I had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And um, she and was she was great. We had a great chemistry. Mm-hmm. And when I say chemistry, it's not, I don't mean like, like that. <laughs> and we had a great chemistry in terms of 
we had a give and take. Like, I could talk to her, and I felt like she did listen. I felt like she was fully present. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew kind of, she got to know me a little bit through our sessions, and knew how to respond to me when I throw a roadblock up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I look back on it, it's like, there was a lot of things she did. I was like, oh, that's very, my, that was very me. Yeah. She got it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, my question to you is, so you suggest that if there's a therapist, you go a couple times, you don't like them, don't feel it, go somewhere else? Go somewhere else. But there's a difference between avoidance that's and... That's what I'm So what is, what is the difference? Like, what is that? Okay, so there's a difference between someone making you feel comfortable and sharing information about yourself. And so usually people can pick up with that on the first session or two. The reason I say give it a couple times is because the first session could be your awkwardness, the fact oh, that right. you're in a new place, things of that nature. But it is eventually by the third session, you should second the third session, you, there should be a click. Yes. Um, something that's like, okay, yes, I can be myself. I can be myself with this this person. Avoidance is more so finding reasons why. So there's a difference between walking out of a session and saying, you know what, I didn't really feel the connection there. I was like, oh, I still didn't feel it. And coming up with, well, the couch wasn't that soft. Well, you know, she, you know, her office wasn't that neat, or his office wasn't yeah, that neat, right, right. or the parking situation is just too, um, or they're too old, or they're, you know. So, yes. <laughs> so if you're finding yourself trying to come up with reasons why you should not go, then that's that's a cue that you may be doing more avoiding. Mm, that's good. That's good one. Let's talk about you a little bit. Cause I, so we go, we'll go back to some more questions, but I'll get to you. Um, so now, let's talk about where, where did you come from? Where did I come from? Well, yes. I'm originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's Baton right, Rouge, Louisiana. South. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so um, I went to, I got my undergrad from Xavier University in New Orleans. And after I graduated, I was like, I'm going to move Miami, Miami, New York, LA. I'm just going to go. <laughs> <laughs> had you, no, before, uh, at this point, had you ever visited any of the places? I, I didn't get to visit Miami, New York, but I visited LA. Okay. And so I was like, yeah, I can do this palm trees in this weather. So I decided to, <laughs> very different from Louisiana. It's a whole yeah, different type very of Very different, yes. <laughs> and so I got my, I received my bachelor's in psychology pre-medicine from Xavier and came to LA, really new, um, started working in group homes. Oh, wow. Um, did a lot of mental health work, a lot of yeah. social services work, and decided to go to Cal State Dominguez to get my yes. master's in social work with a concentration in mental health. And I always knew that I wanted to open my private practice. And so I've been blessed with people to cross my path that opened doors for me and taught me everything I need to know. And so... Okay, so what got what led you into psychology and into into social? Like what led you in? What kind of what, who were you before that? They like how do you felt that kind of led that, that direction? That, yeah, that I think I've always been the person to ask why. Okay. Why did they do that? I can remember being young and maybe, you know, you have yeah. um, arguments with friends and yes. things. I can remember asking my mom, well, why did they act like that? But I don't understand. I don't understand why they, you know, if I'm sharing and they're not, why they, or why they would think it was okay to lie about me and start a rumor when I'm in school. So I was always just trying to understand why people did what they did. And I actually started off my degree in, I thought I was going to be a radiologist. I started off in biology pre, pre-medicine. I was like, oh no, this is not like high school biology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I took one psychology class again. I took it in high school and fell in love with it. I just loved learning about human behavior. And then went to college and took a psychology class, and I was like, this is it, and the rest is history. Do you feel like it's a calling? I do feel like it's a calling. And even when I work with my clients in terms of how comfortable they feel in the session and how natural, you know, it kind of comes about, um, I do believe I've been blessed, and that's that's kind of my gift, and I'm just trying to walk in my purpose. Okay, that's what I just said, walk in her purpose. I'm not going to go to church on you. Oh, well, you can, girl, you can. I love it. Please take me there. There's a thing called purpose, and when you're walking in it, (laughs) it's amazing. But no, I really love what I do. I feel so fortunate to to be blessed with the opportunity to be able to influence and change lives. It, It really is my passion. I enjoy it. But is it, I mean, and that's just for a second, folks out there, because I always encourage everybody out there to be who you are and, yes. and find, open your ears and your mind, your heart to find your career and find what you want to do. 
Because I love what I do too. Isn't it amazing when you find what you love to do? Yes, yes, yes. We've all had jobs we didn't like and things like that before. And I got, <laughs> that's, I mean, my stomach hurts. Like literally, it hurts. Every day going to the shop for a year, I had to walk eight blocks in San Francisco in those harsh, foggy mornings. Eight blocks, every block, my stomach got worse and worse. When I quit that job, I almost cussed. <laughs> I ah. crap you not. <laughs> um, literally an hour later, my stomach stopped hurting when I gave notice. Wow. When you say trust your gut, <laughs> trust your gut. Yes. But I mean, now I've been nine years doing what I'm doing now in entertainment organizer. I, I just I, my story doesn't hurt. I love it. Yes, yes. So, so that that's kind of right. my story when right. I found what I liked, and I always connected even right out of um, gra- undergraduate working mm-hmm. with the clients. It was just I could watch them working with other people, and no judgment to them at all. Um, right. But it was just a, a, a connection that I've had, and I enjoy doing it. And so it's not work when you enjoy nope. it. They say that. They say that, but it's true. Like it really true. is true. Now I'm not gonna lie. You get tired. Like oh, yeah. you, you know, you know, running from place to place yeah. or training. You know, you do get tired. I mean, we're humans. Yeah. But as far as when I'm in the room with the client, I, I'm there. I'm present, and I really, really enjoy what I do. And I may, may be tired by the end of the day, but that's a part of human nature. What do you do at the end of the day? What, the end of the day? what are my coping skills? How yes. do I decompress? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you already know the question. I ask the question. You know the question I'm asking you. Yes. Um, I, I, I try to leave work at work. I do leave work okay. at work. I'm not going to say that clients don't cross my mind yeah, when I'm at home, but you know, with training and things of that yeah. nature, it's yeah. really, I can't be a, an effective therapist if I'm taking all of it home with me. So on my drive home, I usually listening to really slow music or some favorite. Oh, okay. You know, some of my favorite. Who are some people you like to listen to? You? To, you know, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Put me on the spot. So you probably, who, do you, who do you like? Like some Jill Scott? You like some Kenny Lattimore? I'm, I'm, I, like, can do, like? I like I like Joe Scott. Um, I'm from Louisiana, so I, I do like a lot of Southern music. Okay, very good. I'm good. <laughs> I do, but I'm a variety, so it just depends yeah. on what, usually when I'm decompressing and maybe more R and B or neo soul or just music without words, just oh, a lot yeah, of instrumental. Yes, 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 yes. So I listen to that, or sometimes nothing at all. Just envisioning myself as the closer I get to home, the more of the stress is kind of falling yeah. off me. Visual imagery works really, really well. Oh, okay, so. okay, very good. Um, now, do you, do therapists have therapists? A lot of therapists do have therapists. Yes, absolutely. And in some programs, you're required to go to therapy. Oh, really? I didn't know that, really. A lot of master programs require you to go to therapy. One, so there's an element so you get to see what it feels like to be on the other end of therapy, right? Because that's a totally different experience and having some compassion for you. Because that's a lot. There's a lot to ask someone, sit here and you don't know me and tell me everything about yourself and those deep, dark secrets. That's a lot. So it really gives you experience being on the other side. But also, most people go into into the helping field because they've experienced things themselves or their family. And so just making sure that you sift through your own stuff. And so that doesn't come into the room with you. When I I went to life coaching school, uh, the first chapter was coaching from center. Mm. We We had to get to our center. Before you, you began Before the program. Before you began to anything else, yeah. So uh, that makes sense. Like, who, who are you? What are your motivations? Where do you come from? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how that, I get that all kind of in perspective. And recognizing your own biases and, you know, based on your own upbringing and things. All yeah. of us have our own value systems and moral mm-hmm. systems and culture, family cultures and things. And so being aware of that so that if you're sitting across from someone with a different religion, or which just goes into the not being judgmental. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, when you're sitting across with someone with a different religion or a different, um, you know, family dynamic, that there's no judgment because mm-hmm. we're all people. Emotions are universal. How we handle them may be different, but you know, and it's funny because I like so when I'm with a client, I completely I can shut off. People tell me all the time, I can I can be non-judgmental. I can shut off and just listen to you, and I'm focused on you, not necessarily like what you did or what you didn't mm-hmm. do. I'm, I'm really focused on, so I'm sure you're probably the same way. I'm there focused on you and your mental health right now and what yeah. we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And there's no judgment because it's not you that would be the issue. It's right. you tell me a goal and your behaviors is what I'm looking at because the, if the goal is peace, 
<laughs> or clarity or reducing anxiety, then your behavior is in everything you choose to do and thing has to line up with that. And so the goal is to get you to that place. And so I don't have to be judgmental. I can just simply say, you know, this may be helpful, this may not be helpful, mm-hmm. but I'm not here to tell you what to do. You're going to do no. Because when you walk out the door, you're going to do whatever you want to do right. anyway. Uh-huh. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I just want you to be aware of how it impacts your emotional health. And so the goal is to... A question I was asked, and I think it's a legitimate question. There are no, well, there are some dumb questions, but this one isn't dumb. I thought this is no, really, that's a judgment. There are no it's, dumb it's, questions. It is totally judgmental. <laughs> There's some dumb questions. To me. Some questions like that is dumb. No. Um, I would never say that, of course. No, I no, but this is a question I've gotten that I I've gotten several times. That I thought is very interesting because it comes up in massage world. It comes up in certain worlds. Should men have men, women have women in terms of therapy? Should they should it be same sex? Should it be different gender? Like, how's how, what do you think? I mean, people talk about this one. Like, well, I'm a man. Should I get a male therapist? That doesn't, I mean, that's a matter of personal preference. Yeah. It won't make a difference. It's not like if you're a male therapist and you go to a female therapist that that's going to totally, we're all trained. The information is the same. It's no different than going to a male doctor and a female doctor. They're all going to treat your cold the same way. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It's, it's really a personal preference. You have people based on traumas in their past or maybe, you know, traumas in their past. Maybe if they had a traumatic experience with a man, they may want a woman or with a woman, mm-hmm. they may want a man. And so it's just all preference. But definitely when it comes to age and uh, man or woman and things of that nature, that necessarily doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's what I think. It's what you're comfortable with. Yeah, it's what you're comfortable with. But I've gotten that, I've gotten that question to me. No, but it's a good question because you have a lot of men. I mean, I've had, I've sat with, for example, I had a client who was a black male and he came in and, and he was, he, I can appreciate his honesty. He was just like, I just don't think you would be able to understand what I'm going through from a black male perspective. And we got to actually talk about it, which was healthy in and of itself. Um, but, if he was more comfortable with being with a black male, then that's totally okay. So I gave him the referrals because the, the the important part is your therapeutic process. You need to be comfortable in the room. And so let's talk about that, and I can give you insight on why that may not make a difference. But if you're more right. comf- you're not going to be comfortable sharing certain things with me, then you need to go to someone that you're comfortable that's with. That's true. I mean, I, 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 I like exactly. that. Like that. It's like, yeah, you don't, you don't want anything impeding your progress. Exactly. Right? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. When you come out here, you want to make sure that's like you. I'm goal focused. That's the goal is you want this goal. I want to help you see if we can get you there. Mm-hmm. And really, anything in the way that's kind of blocking or any added blockers. Right. You reaching there. your success. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. get there. So I, I think it's great. Now, how did you get into the radio thing? Like, how did that happen for you? Um, <laughs> I mean, that's great. Well, I was I was working as a psychotherapist, and a friend of a friend. This is how this is small, love it. small world, I love right? It. Um, I had two now friends of mine who had their own radio talk show, and they were talking about real issues from relationships. They both were using their personal stories as an avenue to help other people, oh, wow. and they asked me to come on to talk about relationships. Um, in healthy relationship versus unhealthy relationships. And from there, the owner of the studio had an idea like, okay, we don't have a show like this that's focused on mental health and like successful ways to navigate through challenges. Because I think a lot of people talk about challenges, which is great, mm-hmm. um, but they wanted the addition of some skills that people can actually take home with them. And, and that, that kind of started it from there. And so wow. I'd get to go on the air every Saturday and wow. talk about different challenges that if not personally, you're faced with other people and give some tangible tools that you can take home to actually do to help with it. Do you like, do you like doing the radio? Yes, it's fun. Uh, it's, it's fun. <laughs> I never would have thought I would have been in radio, but I actually yeah. really, really enjoy it. 
It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yes. yes. And do you get? Do you have callers and that kind of? All we do have callers come in, depending on the show. What I do find the more serious the show, like when you get into grief and loss or trauma, oh, wow. um, sexual abuse, things like that, usually people are more listeners, so we yes. don't get a lot of calls. But also, I do believe that the topics we talk about can be very personal, and so a lot of people prefer to email okay. or DM um, yeah. and things. Except when we talk about relationships or cheating or something, everybody has a story. Yeah, but just like, <laughs> I did a story. Leave yeah, names well, out. Leave names out. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. Don't say. And when so and so did, what to be doing? I'm like, yeah, don't name it. Who and, happens to live on this street right, over here? Exactly. Yeah. Here's their Facebook and Twitter handles. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times people prefer to email or DM the questions and things, okay. and then I answer them on the air. Well, well, you know, you know, I just I thought of you recently because I went through grief and loss recently. I lost oh. my grandmother, my dog. All within oh, days of each other, yeah. Oh, my wow. sister-in-law. In one week, I lost four people and a dog. Wow. And so my family's been going through it for the last couple of months. This is in August. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know, there's some things, when it comes to grief and loss, how do you, because I've dealt with it on the downsizing side. After someone has died, they call an organizer to come in to, like, take mm-hmm. care of the house and the goods. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it gets really gingerly take care of things and how you phrase things. How is it as a therapist when someone's going through grief and loss and they come to you? Mm-hmm. How do you handle? How do you handle that? Me personally, or just in general, and helping both, and them? And both. Okay. Like how, do you, how do you handle it professionally and personally? personally. Well, professionally, I think um, after I explain to individuals the five stages of grief that we often go through, which um, are the de- first is the denial. There's the bargaining. Oh Lord, if you bring such and such back my mind, back my grandmother back, then I promise I'll go to church every Sunday. <laughs> yes, I promise right. I will. You know, I'll call her every weekend. Right, there's right. the bargaining. There's depression. There's anger, oh, and then gross. there's acceptance. And these yeah. don't go in any order, we usually kind of float back and forth a few oh, times yeah. Oh, yeah. before we get to acceptance. And usually when I bring that to individual's awareness, they're able to normalize and like, oh, that's why. Because most of the time you feel like you're going crazy. You're losing yes. everything. Why yes. am I feeling this way? You have yes. all these thoughts going through. You're crying one minute. You're smiling. Yes. You, you understand one minute because this is a fact of life. And, right. you know, God doesn't make mistakes or whatever your religious belief is. And then on the other hand, you're truly missing this person. Yes. So a lot of people feel all over the place. Yeah. And so when I bring to awareness those five stages of grief, it usually helps people with normalize. Like, okay, I'm going through this stage okay that makes sense and it normalizes it but also just bringing awareness to the fact that everybody grieves in different ways mm-hmm. um usually the first question i get is how long is this gonna take because i'm tired of feeling like this <sighs> is it like one week two months three oh, months and what i will say is everybody's different because i don't think you get over it you right. become adjusted to life without the person present right you just yes. become adjusted to life without the person present and um how do you have the memory and hold that memory of when the person was here while at the same time move forward because there's a lot of guilt that comes with that, especially a lot of people feel guilty. I've had people say that I feel guilty when I'm happy. I shouldn't be happy because if I'm happy, somehow I'm dishonoring this person and bringing enormously. Would that person want you to walk around sad and upset or, you know, not living life because they weren't here? So it's really just a process of wrapping your head around um, that all of these things are okay and allowing yourself to feel whatever it is that day. Yeah, in walking through. That. My brother died last year too. I had a, a lot of loss recently. Oh, wow. Uh, he died the age I am now. Okay. So it's kind of, so there was a weird thing. I had a birthday this year. I was like, okay, I'm turning his age. It's really interesting. That and happened he's, a lot. It been a lot, and it was like, and he's not able to. He won't be able to do any of these things, anymore, but I can continue it. Mm. That's why I kind of came to the acceptance part because I went through all those stages. Right. Um, but that was why I was like, ooh, I'm now I'm 48. I'm the age he passed away. Mm-hmm. He had a heart attack and then passed away, and I'm like. Well, I guess I can continue. I guess I'll just continue things. And I'll just, you know, put them in his honor and just try to and try to do them. And see, so you reframed it to a more positive, like I yeah. get to, I'm living longer, so I can um, honor him yeah. by living my life to the to fullest. the fullest, right? Yeah. Which is a positive way of thinking about it. Because some people think. 
some people think the opposite, like, oh, it's not fair. Oh, I went through that, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, or and why I like, bother? Or why bother? Right. Right. And, 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 and the thing is, you allow yourself to have those emotions. The important thing is not to stay there. You don't beat yourself up for being there. You have guilt, you know, because the person passed and they're no longer here. That That's normal part. Feelings can't be right or wrong. I like that. Feelings Definitely. cannot be right or wrong. They just are. Where people get into trouble is, is what we do with the feelings. Right? You can be angry. That's totally okay. Right. Can you punch somebody out when you're angry? That's no. Yeah, it's um, not good. Yeah. So just allowing yourself to have those feelings, but you don't want to live there. And usually people live in two extremes. Either they're stuck there and living there, or they're totally avoiding it. Yes. Right? Yes. As opposed to you can acknowledge the feeling of sadness and missing your brother, for example, or missing your aunt or whomever it may be, for example, and still at the same time live your life. Those things can coexist. And oftentimes we feel like we have no. to choose. That's very true. And I think therapy would help you go through that. <laughs> See, I don't tie it all back together. But no, that's true. Because you do feel, you said something earlier, it was just totally was my life. I'm happy one day I'm getting great news professionally. Mm-hmm. I got that interview I wanted. Oh, my God. And then later on that day, you know, I get news. My brother died or smile, or this happened. or And it's that whole schizophrenic kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Like you're going crazy. Like, like I'm happy about this, but I'm sad about that. Or I'm missing my aunt. Or I'm missing, like, just, it's just like all this stuff going on. Yes, yes. But the it's life a- goes on. And it goes on, right? It goes mm-hmm. on. Yeah, it goes on and you're trying to see what life, it's kind of a new chapter. So this is what life looks like without this person present. So instead of going to their home or calling them, how do I honor them? I mean, you have some people based on their spiritual belief that still speak to the person. You know, they visit their grave sites. Mm -hmm. So it's finding a way that works for you to honor that person. I've worked with an individual who lost her mother. And what we came up with is her mother made this special dish of macaroni. And so... Every her all every birthday, her mom's birthday, she would make that, and that was her way of honoring her and remembering her. Um, some people we make memorabilia boxes, no, box, and we yes, decorate remember, the outside, yes, yes. yes, and we put all of the things in there because this is the thing. A lot of times, with what you said, with um, individuals having to move, put clothes away, yeah, a lot of people feel like, well, that just means I'm going to forget them. How can yes. I pack up their house? How can I take these things away? And what I tell people, we did an ex- we did a, a session with someone. They brought some of their loved ones' items in, and we put it in the box and they close the box and I say do you still remember the person oh, are they nice. still there like and so it's it's you can keep some items but the person's memory is in your heart and with you that's nothing that anyone can take away and whether the clothing is there or not you're not putting the person away you're allowing room for you to grow and honor that person in a different in a different way like whatever that. that is my grandmother passed away years ago other grandmother and she had an aneurysm while she was making greens mm. that's fell on mother's wow. arms and passed away my mother ate the greens afterwards. It was kind of funny. And I had friends. The, and it was funny. The reaction was so interesting. There was a contingent of people who were like, how could you eat the greens? How could you eat them? Like, would it be a bad thing? Like, and then people were like, that's actually you're honoring your, your her mother. Right, you're honoring right. your mother by eating those delicious greens. Right, um, right. <laughs> with the ham hocks were in there. I mean, they, ain't, they ain't going away. So I'm sorry. Girl. Right. Like, they, I mean, they were, they had been simmering all day. I mean, it was like, I right. can I can imagine how good they were. Right. Um, and that was one of her specialties. But it was like, but there's a whole bunch of people who were like, oh, you guys, I could, you, I could never eat them. I couldn't do it. I was like, it was, it was all, the, the blockage. Mm-hmm. These greens, like, represented something to everybody. It was really right. interesting. Right. But I think that's the important point. It was something different for everybody. Because yeah. it could have been a set of siblings. And one sibling said, hey, I'm eating the greens. Ma, yeah. you know, she cooked these all day. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to honor her. But yeah. another person is like, don't touch them. How could you? Yes. She passed away while she was right. cooking these. Yeah. Fact. So it's just a matter of preference. But everything you keep going back to is how a person is thinking about the situation. And I think that's the, sometimes the hardest thing. How do you... 
what are you telling yourself about the situation because that influences how you feel mm-hmm. overall. The fact that you can say my, my whomever made these greens and I'm going to honor her. This was her specialty. She was doing something out of, to show us that she loved us and cared and so I'm going to continue and eat them because, yeah. right? So it just depends on how you look at it. Yes. And then for the other part, I say you never, like I say, you can't say what you won't do. That's true. You can't say what you won't do nope. until you're in that situation. And all I know is that those greens were probably good because he's put <laughs> some good greens. I let me, I let me good. And that they were collards too. Mm, yeah. They were delicious. Yeah. Um, with all the bad stuff in them, of course. With you know, like I said, all the ham hocks and all that stuff in there should be the salt that should be eating. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it's really interesting. So for your practice, how long have you been in business now? My private practice has been open for about two and a half years wow, now. Good. Yes. Good. So. What's like being, what's it like being a business owner, so to speak? Because you are basically you're you're a business owner. You're uh, business. Very different. <laughs> Um, it keeps me very busy on the business side of things. Luckily, I have a great team of individuals who are there to help. I have lots of support from family and friends. Um, and so it makes it a little bit easier. Would that be with. your, because we're both entrepreneurs on some level, would that be your kind of advice to people? Make sure you have a good team. A good support, support system. Um, definitely for me specifically, um, my faith. That's something I go to in terms of prayer. That's something that works for me. For someone else, it may be different. Um, But having a support in some way, shape, or form, whether it's spiritual, whether it's a friend, a coworker, a colleague, those things are really, really important in any aspect, whether it be entrepreneurship or or anything that you're going through. But those things keep me sane. (laughs) Yes, very good. And how how are you liking Los Angeles still? Oh, I've been here 12 years, so I guess I like it pretty much. I miss home. No, no, so no. People don't. They're, they're, I they're, miss they're home. People. I left here. I was. I left here twenty for twenty two years. I was gone. Oh. And I came back. So I'm just saying, people can go places for a long time and they go, well, you know, I'm done and go somewhere else. That's yes. why I always ask that question. Like, do you still like it? Are you okay? I, mean, I like it. I, I think that both, um, for me, California and Louisiana have very different things to do. offer. I love the culture back home. I will never, I have yet to find a place here that's like the food back home. There are a lot of Louisiana, my family's the Creole from Louisiana. A lot of Louisianans are here mm-hmm. in South, especially in South LA, View Park area. But again, you're right. It's not the same thing as being. Home. I can I can find or... a po boy or a pig feet on any corner at home, you know. <laughs> here, here, pig. What? But I mean, yes. I've never had oxtails or anything like that. So it's a I whole different. Oxtails. I've never had oh, that. I love it, <laughs> folks. Oxtails. I, I know it sounds bizarre. But there's a lot of good meat in them tails. <laughs> well, I won't even get into what we eat in Louisiana. So yeah, I, I know. Tell- <laughs> yeah, I don't do chitterlings. That's one thing I don't do. A rabbit or... I like rabbit. So I like no, rabbit. No, no, no. Okay. So all of the yes. wild. We, yes. we don't just I don't do crawfish either. I can't do crawfish. What? Can't no judgment. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. You can judge me all you want. But I love me some gumbo. I mean, we had it every Christmas. My my grandma, back in the days, when it was not that expensive. Mm-hmm. She'd have the, all the crab legs and the, and the shrimp. Sausage. The and sausage. Yeah. I'm doing sausage. The okra. Everything was in there. And over the years, it got, got a little too expensive. And there was some things missing. After a while, I was like, That's well, gumbo is an expensive pie. It's one of those things where everybody has to chip in. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, then we start talking about food. I love, I love food. I love my food from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you go visit often? Go visit? Often, yes. Usually once or twice a year, I go there, and okay. then my uh, have family members that come here and visit yeah. me throughout the year. Yeah, so. well, you know, they live far away, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, so you're doing radio. Mm-hmm. Um, you have you have your practice, and now you're doing appearances. Yes. Are there any things that you would anything any goals that you have that you would like to accomplish? Yes, I think my long term, I mean, I've been so fortunate. The practice was my 
um, initial goal in definitely getting it up and running. I definitely you want did it. Well, it's up and running. I can't yeah, say that. You did it. Um, we have some, I have eight clinicians that work, wow. um, work there. Everybody has a different specialty. And so for me personally, I think my next step, um, I love, I do some magazine articles okay. where um, Hope Magazine is a magazine I write for where people um, ask questions and I do articles on it. So okay. just spreading the knowledge. That's, yeah. that's as in many ways that I, as many ways as I can. So speaking engagements, also in writing in magazine articles, just to break the stigma associated with mental health because it's something that we need. My get long, her. Get her. Get ah, her. Yes. She's my long term goal is I want to have my own talk show. So okay. if anybody know Oprah Teller, my union <laughs> McKinley is out here in. Louisiana, I just, just want to be like her when I grow up. I'm just <laughs> I'm be, I'm be Oprah, I'm be Oprah too. I'm like, I'll be the male Oprah. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm trying to do it too. Yes. No, but uh, eventually I want to have my own talk show specifically yeah. focused on emotional health. Because, I mean, tell people, emotional health these days, I mean, unemotional health is running rapid right now, isn't it, out there? Well, think about everything that's going on in our society, yeah. just from a political perspective, from a natural disaster perspective. Um, just what happened in Vegas, I have several clients. Yeah. Everyone I know is just one person away from knowing someone well, we are, we are, we are. who got it's, hurt. It's, yeah. I mean, we, we are in a high-stress environment. Yes. We're bombarded with, so whether it's health information, oh, don't eat these tomatoes, this is bad for you. <laughs> Yeah. Lose this, tuck that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or, or from a political perspective, where the election yeah. and everything that's happening in America right now is yes. a trigger for everyone. So why? Tell me again why therapy is unimportant. So you're stressed on all these different levels, yeah. and the one thing that would assist with that is looked at in a negative light. And so I just feel like so many people are, are hurting in silence. So many people are suffering mm-hmm. in silence. I ask people. When you you have to be by yourself at some point yeah. in your life. So yeah. whether it's when you go to the bathroom, hopefully you're there by yourself. If you don't have kids knocking on the door, there is that. Right. So, but at some point, and it's usually at night, yes, when everyone is asleep, yes, and you're left alone with your thoughts, and that is a good time to know whether or not therapy may be helpful for you. What what thoughts pop up in your head? Can you not sleep, or are you trying to hurry up and sleep most of the day? Because life is just too hard to deal with. And so those moments are what's important. And that, and if you're asking me what therapy is, it's helping you with those moments. When you don't know what to do. When the kids are sleeping, you're laying up thinking, how am I going to make it through the next day? I don't know how I did it today. When you're thinking about the person you've lost consistently and don't can't stop crying and don't know what to do. And trying to, feeling hopeless when you don't have the time to be hopeless. <laughs> because no. you have too much stuff to take care of. Or the motivation is dropping. Or no one else knows that you cry yourself to sleep every night. Or no one else knows that you have severe, severe anxiety when it comes to certain things. Or you're one minute away from giving up. Right. And so it's those moments. And so when you talk about therapy, it's that it's to help you through that. It's also, you know, there's there's, there's a lot. And this is, I'm, I'm going to get dark for a second. There's mm-hmm. a lot of suicide happening. Mm-hmm. People taking their lives. Cause I get, then I, again, I think it's the suffering in silence. Mm-hmm. The shame of going through to get help to speak out out loud. Mm-hmm. We need to get that. We need to stop that. Suicide is not the answer. Um, and maybe if something we're able to get help and there's no stigma with it. If we right. did more work like that out there for people. Right. And, and where you can start is when someone shares with you that they're in therapy, what do you say? You know, is it, oh, what's wrong really? with you? Yeah, Are you therapy. going crazy? Oh, yeah. I don't have problems like that. You know, mm, <laughs> how negative is that? And you're right. There is a lot of suicide from really, really young kids. Yes. It's oh early as like six years old. I know. A, a while back, a couple months back, the kid who hung himself yeah. because he was being bullied at school. All the way through retirement age. And when you think of depression, um, the elderly have one of the highest percentage of depression 
um, than most people, most other populations. And so this is something that affect us, affects us all, mm-hmm. you know, so. And mental health is great. We, we have, we have celebrities killing themselves, several musicians, rock musicians, Chester Bennington, and also Chris Cornell, mm-hmm. they've killed themselves. I mean, it's, 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 this is not, this is not just one type of people's thing. It's not a one type of people. Well, this is the thing with mental health. It's not one type of people. It's not one religion. It's everyone. Feelings are universal. You can go to any part of the country and tell when someone's sad. You can go to any part of the country and tell when someone's happy. So we all experience these these feelings. And so, you know, therapy is a way to work through those things so you don't get to the point where you feel so helpless that they're the only way is out. I mean, a lot of people have those feelings. I think yeah. a lot of people have those fleeting thoughts. And yeah. unfortunately, we have some people who feel so empty that they don't have anything to stop them from doing it. Well, I've gotten therapy in the past, so it's helped me because I've had those thoughts here and there over mm-hmm. various things that happened to me. And I got therapy and it helped me. Yeah, I'm full a full advocate for therapy, and I think you saying that just help break stigma yeah, because please, you know, men go to therapy. Men go to therapy, <laughs> and all my fans out there, followers who follow me, James Lott Jr. has been to therapy several times in his life, and it's helped him out. Yeah, I mean, just amazingly, I'd be in a whole different place if I hadn't gotten help. I mean, what can hurt? What can it hurt? Yeah, right. You spend more money on television, so you know. I spend more money on food and drinks. <laughs> Like, all the drinks that you're doing to deal with. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> all the cocktails hello, to deal hello, with the all issue. the Xanax I'm getting. I'm like, I, I could obviously use it on something positive. Right, right. And that's, a, you know, some people need yeah. those things. But yeah. those who are covering They're covering the yeah. pain, you know, yeah. um, it definitely is worth it. Give it a try. What's the worst case? You walk away feeling like you've, you know, had the chance to share your story. Yeah. And you learn some coping skills. Because all, I think all human beings want to be heard. Mm-hmm. It starts from your child. I would say children want to know two things. Can they, are they being heard? Do they matter? Absolutely. And we show them in various ways if they do or don't. Yes. So I think we, it carries over to adulthood. Absolutely. Do be heard. Go to therapy. Be heard. Yes. Even if that's the basis. Your wife don't listen to you, go to therapy. Go to therapy. Doesn't don't listen to you, go to therapy. On the most basic level. The most basic level. Yeah, but uh, it's it's yeah. it's an opportunity for self discovery. I think peace of mind. I mean my my um quote from my company or my tagline is healing, hope, and peace of mind. And that is what it promotes, mm-hmm. that that peace. And I think that's something that all of us are striving for, yes. just to have mental peace, emotional peace, peace in our mm-hmm. lives. And if yes. you can think about it, of all the stuff in the world that's outside of our control, <laughs> this is the one thing you can. You can't control politics. You can't control nope. what the president is doing. You can't control sometimes your kids or your loved ones. <laughs> which. <laughs> Oh, you can't. Did I hit a trigger? Did oh, I hit a I am a, a parent of adult children and grandchildren, so I'm like, oh, my God, somebody help me. Yes, so yes. Right, but what you can control is how you handle those situations yeah. in a healthy manner. So. That's true. Now, I ask my guests the same two questions at towards the end of the show. I never prep them ahead of time unless they watch the oh, show gosh. or figure it out. It's the same two questions. I've, every, I've done this 91 times before you came here. I mean, I've had, you know, all kinds of people stars, you know, like you know, uh, musicians and actors, and actors all of all been answered these two questions. Okay. Now it's your turn. Oh, gosh. Turn this way. I'm feeling some anxiety. <laughs> That's be good. Um, I believe in language. I believe mm-hmm. in language being very important. Um, I think language could stop us in our tracks from doing things or propel us forward Absolutely. in things. Um, so my first question to you is, what word, or I'm not expanded this, what word or phrase mm-hmm. should we not say anymore in the English language? Should we not say anymore in the English 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 language English language. <laughs> language. Hmm. 
Like, what comes to mind for you? The first, if I were to be honest, the first things that comes, the first two things that came to okay, mind was, um, I don't care and it doesn't matter. Ooh, that's good. Okay. I don't care, one phrase. It doesn't matter, one phrase. What does that bring up for you? you Well, just when I think of society in general, people say, I don't care what's going on in other parts where it's too much to deal with. You know, it doesn't affect me, especially with everything that's happening just in terms of our society, in terms of race and everything that's going on. Um, Saying, I don't care, does not help, one, help issue, and two, you do because it impacts you indirectly. And yes. so I think I don't care. It's kind of like fear of the of everything and run. And so it's just a, a, a way that people, a wall that people throw up to protect themselves. I like that. So. And now on the converse of that, mm-hmm. what word or phrase should we say more of? The first two things that came to mind was I love you and I do care. God, I do care. That's a, God, that's a first. I like that. I love you, which I always think is very, love, saying that is very underrated, I think. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of folks who don't hear it from anybody. Absolutely. I know a lot of families. If you think culturally, I mean, there are a lot of families. It's not good or bad or right or wrong. When I ask people, how do you express love in your family? Do you say it? No, that's awkward. Right. I say to my mom, every time I get the phone with her, I say it to her. I reached out to her five times that day. I'm like, I love you. Love you too. Bye. Mm-hmm. I say it every single time. Yeah, yeah. So I love you just because it was so much happening in the world in general. And with our lives getting so busy, I don't th- think we take the time to really let people know how important they are yes. to us. Even if it's friends. I called my one right. of my coworkers the other day, close to her, she called her a friend of mine. I've known her for years. And I said, she said, oh, you call her? I said, I was just calling and let you know that I really appreciate you because when I talk to you, you really listen and you motivate me. And she was like, oh, I never got that call before, but okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. But it's really taking the time out to let people know they matter because when it goes to suicide and all this stuff it's because yeah. and every you know tons of people show up at their funerals and it's like yes exactly <laughs> right exactly. so um i love you and i do care and i, do care, like I do care about whatever it is what's going on in our world how it impacts my neighbor you know how it impacts my loved ones what you're going through and i think it's underrated because just because it's not important to you doesn't mean that it's not important Right. So you could be caring about something I think is totally ridiculous. Maybe they don't have chocolate ice cream now. I don't know. But at the same time, if that's something that's impacting you or when it comes to relationships, that's usually why are you worried about that? You know, but I do care about how it impacts you. So I think if we could focus on those two things, then it'll definitely change the way we communicate with one another and how we respect one another and our overall. You know, we need more love in the world. We do need more love. We need more love. I totally agree with that. I I think I, I I think there's nothing wrong with wanting more love. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Saying the word love, saying it, I, I have no, you know, no yes, problem with that. Absolutely, I agree. Like that. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This was fun. You are, you are lovely. <laughs> um, now tell folks if they want to listen to your radio show or talk to you online. Oh, Where can they find you? Talk in that camera. Tell where they can yes. find you. So I can be as far as my practice. You can go to www.eccts.com. I'm located in San Pedro, California. I do do virtual therapy. So if you're in the state of California and are in, is interested in online therapy, and there's some screening that goes to that. See if it's appropriate. You can definitely reach out to me either via email, which is info at ECCTS.com, or you can call my office at 424-570-6955. My radio show is on Accelerated Radio Network, so you can find me every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And the way two ways to listen, you can go to www.acceleratedradio.net 
or you can download the Accelerated Radio app to your phone. And not just my show. There are lots of shows. There are lots of music, different variety of music mm-hmm. and things like that. And if you miss a show because you're busy on Saturday mornings with the kids at soccer games or something, you can go to my radio blog, which is epiphanyradioblog.com. It'll have some of the past shows there, and you can always tune in. Yes. And all that information will be on the page, breaking into page on Facebook. So you guys can do that. But of course, you can follow me at James Lodge Jr. All James Jr. are sold. That's right. It's James Lott, L-O-T-T, Jr. on everything in the universe. Google <laughs> me. Uh, pop up somewhere. Uh, but also bringing you to is on iTunes, Spreaker.com, Spreaker.com, iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud. Um, the, the parent company is Black Hollywood Live. Of course, we have great other shows on, the, on this network also. Um, and then, But this show, of course, all 92 now episodes are Yay! on there. Yes, they Congratulations. are. Thank you. Thank you. I love doing this show. My two anniversary is coming up November 6th also. So two years. I, mean, I have a good big, I have a really big panel coming on for that for that episode yes, of right. of men. We're going to talk about life. Uh, <laughs> okay. We're going to talk about life. So it gets me good. Gets me into that. Um, and of course, you, like I said, this episode's out there. You can follow it. Share it. Share it with anybody you think you need. Think you need needs to hear it. Absolutely. Let's break stigma. Yeah. Break mental health to, stigma. Yeah. Pass it along. And if you think somebody's on the fence, send it to them too. I'm James Life Jr. Just breaking into you. We'll see you next time. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.